all men are created equal. And we, and we base it off of that. But how can it be creatures redundant walk of application or aggressive deception as we view others and we only view them for their inequities or discrepancies? What is the rule of thumb, by the way? What is actually practical and what does it work? It's tough when you think of the political regime or the actual religious perspective. I'm going to date it back to, to what was here first. We go BC, AD. Um, we won, right? We got religion. We won, right? And we're, oh, no, we wrote this down on paper, and, and, and there's relevance. But if it only creates embondagement, if it enslaves you to the truth of this world, what is the truth of this world? That you can have anything that you want, but still in some awkward way, shape, or form, you need to be shattered. You need to be down on your knees repenting, confessing, and you still need to be capable of finding him within that notion. That doesn't mean that we're equals, but if we are equals and it's not in theory, it's not in reason, and it's more practicality to where we don't have to judge one another, why are you so excited? Why are you, what's the concern? I didn't think you had anything to worry about. Well, no, this person prefers this flavor of ice cream. What was wrong with that? No, they, they outlawed that flavor of ice cream. It doesn't work. Have you tried it? Does it work for you? It's irrelevant. We outlawed it. It doesn't work. There's a group of individuals, arguably, in, in the world, they believe that, that the Holy Trinity doesn't work. They believe that Christianity doesn't work. They think that Catholicism would be a waste of time. Denominational preference. What about God, Christ, right? The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. They break it down to every different mindset that's possible. But why the need for comparison? Why are so we so lacking of socially acceptance? Do you think the actual substance and form of life of practicality, having the laboring of the deeds, actually walking within that world? has a sense of reality, not mortality, but like reality, versus to where some of us were like, no, it's in thought and theory and concept. So we're capable of acknowledging problems, inequities. We can state what's right and what's wrong. We know what's righteous and what's evil. We know that this didn't work and it has worked. How come? And, and by the way, if we have governing bodies, and I think a little bit different, the talk for this morning when I was first inspired when I woke up, if we have governing bodies and we have the opportunity to actually improve lives, right? Because if we want some sense of infrastructure in the world that's going to give us a guide, some will say be like the Holy Bible, right? No, it's when you go to church and there's a lot of different mindsets and mentalities to how it's practical. But if we were to have a governing body, why wouldn't we want to offer sustainment? Based off of that person's discipline degree, their actual walk and competence, the flavor and tone that they seek has to be relevant for them. Well, you live the way that you live because it works for you. I'm not worried about anybody else. Not that you don't believe in sovereign, steadfast, a sense of charity, right? But it's not submissive to bondage. Submissive to the truth? Yes, of course. Submissive to being bondage and, and, and getting to where you're accepting being in shackles and chains as a norm in society? Is that politically or is that religiously? And by the way, do the two mix? I don't think so. I, and I'm not quite sure, but do they actually mix? Or is it more along the sense of religion is life? It's the reason why you were created. They put the breath within your lungs. You are forgiven. Salvation, incarnation. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Hallelujah. Is that true? But if it is true, do you believe in it? Or is it only something that's practical when you're within the right building, the right location? And they're actually not offering those options of having fulfillment, of having sustainment, and not living a life of shackles and chains. I don't think that you can bridge the two, can you? But is there that variable or is that only in thought and theory and reason? Am I actually capable of leading a life of lawlessness? Treat others the way that you want to be treated. There are no excuses. Consent is very valuable. I've heard of love. The unconditional form? That's tough. I think that God is love. I could be wrong. So does it come from him? I hope and pray so. And, and did I receive it? Am I delivered? Well, I would imagine so. I'm still alive and I'm walking out right. But can you mix the two? Is it like water and water and oil? Right? Is it, can you mix the two? 
I don't think so. And I don't think that they jive together. But somehow, in some way, shape, or form, we've adapted that it's socially, in theory, in reason, acceptable to be questioning our existence. And when we question the policy, the concept, when I go back to religion, within this, the structure that we were given, we're questioning him. Self-doubting, the self-doubting antidote, but more for some other individuals, it's self-defining because their personal preferences, tones, shades, and colors, actual denominational preferences, right? I mean, I'm fully submerged. You use holy water. Very good. That is the difference maker in our world that we live in today. But how could it be? How could it be that we're so tarred, we're so feathered, that we're, that we're so blindsided, right? That, that the darkness of the wickedness that seep within our hearts, souls, and minds have led us to a repentive set of vision? If I only see you for your inequities, and if it's not within the lines that I have chosen, within the likelihood that I can experience prosperity or what I like, then you might not have it and you might not enjoy it. But life itself is meant to be enjoyed. It's a gift. It's a gift that we've received. It's We're alive. So why do we spend time killing one another? And why do we want to kill one another in thought and theory? Some would say the reason's a little bit off. It's off-kiltered. Do you need the check and balance? Somebody holding the scale? For what reason? Check and balance yourself. Do you need to have a formal sense of statues and codes? Treat others the way that you want to be treated. So treat yourself or treat others the way you want to be treated. Do you need somebody telling you that's right or wrong for you? I don't think so. What's relevant, right? Though what's really relevant? How do you mature within this world? How do you grow? Are we challenging theories and concepts? Do you have the option of having God and Christ within your life at every corner and at every decision? Is it, is it accessory? Uh, I'll probably be going to church on Sunday, maybe Wednesday evening, and I'm going to take God and Christ with me. I might have my Bible. I might walk into the church and I might believe in this thorough form of religion and life that we've created because it might actually work for me. But the moment that it doesn't work for me, I'm going to set it on the sidelines. I might like drop it off at the rest area. I might wait for them to like find a ride. You want to catch an Uber real quick or something? I'm still waiting for my itinerary. But it's relevant, isn't it? The journey, the trip, the vocation that we have. Isn't that relevant? I'm invested in actually the vocation. Well, this is the life that I found, and God's given me this ability to serve, to be redeemed, and to work within others. It's very rewarding. Oh, I have prosperity economically and in other ways that can't be bought or purchased. But that's his worth. Is his worth relevant to you? Now, somebody said that doesn't work, and now the flavor and tone that they prefer is outside of those guidelines. That's absurd. We can't live to appease others, and we can't live to appease ourselves. We can't. It just doesn't work, right? Because then we get lost and then we start scratching our heads like, what happened here? Nobody really knows. See if we can get rebounded. It's redundant. Yeah, very good. I think you go backwards though. I think it's the acknowledgement. It's the derogative. Why are you doing what you're doing? And we often reference it because it works for us or in some undoubtedly found way I need to stumble and fall so I can actually learn. Observation wasn't working, so trial and error. I'm going to go back to creating the wheel, hammer and chisel right? But it's the acknowledgement. So if every notion and directive that you're taking doesn't require acknowledgement, or let's remove the variable, all of a sudden you can't be denied or accepted from society. Your fellow brothers and sisters, your peers, your teachers, your children, your parents, if you would, any offspring that you could think of along those ways, the social context of literature structure within society, I'm not quite sure, right? And do we give rankings? If we're all truly created to be equals, then we shouldn't believe and confine in that. Well, the Pope himself is no more than a humble servant, but very good. I find myself being a humble servant, right? And I think that is the mindset and the context. 
So we can't have the acknowledgement of others. And if every thought and theory, we can take it way out there. I went, I went four or five years studying this topic, studying this assertion of life. And I went on a world scale. I looked at historical value. I did a past, present, and future. And I looked at the psychology. And I also looked at how some different governing bodies approach this topic and how they implemented it in society. But still the variable is it requires acknowledgement from society. So if it's God and if it's religion, if it is the church, the body, and the state, and we came up with this infrastructure forever ago, and history repeats itself, it does work, the church, body, and state, those levels of institutionalization, I think it's a sense of power, it's regime, right? It involves us, we, right? We start off as an individual and then we go, we, we, we doubled up real quick, right? But if it does involve us and we only in that sense of moral, intellectual, institutionment of our minds, right? In reason, we need acknowledgement from one another, then it's a failure. How could it be? Because what about God, though? And then now you'll collectively see we've stepped out of that demographic. Oh, oh, I've stepped out of the church. I've stepped into a new venue. And what are you doing over here, by the way, if you don't mind asking, if you don't mind me asking? And it seems that you have, you have statues and you have codes. You have literature, right? You've been bound down to the ground for, for these implications that you believe in. So over here now, we actually started being God. So at this building and at this level of infrastructure, we acknowledge that that should belong to God or this is God. This is what God has given us, right? And it's growth. It's growth or it's restrictions. So and in some cases, we included the both. Political maternity was the word choice. Political maternity? This is a vocation. Are you waiting for it? I got like nine months and I'm going to hatch the baby. I'm going to lay the egg. Yay, it's here. No, I'm going to swaddle it. I'm going to cuddle it. I'm going to nature it. I'm going to nurture it. I'm going to hold it near and dear to my heart. But wait, that's a gift from God. What are you doing? That's one of God's children. What are you doing? So so in this institution, and we move out of that demographic, in this institution, now we're attempting to be God. And, and when you say you're attempting to be God, what does that mean? I define what's right for humanity. I tell them what's right for them, what's wrong for them. The actual belief and the persona of the deception of the mindset, how I see it and how I think about it, sometimes it doesn't work. So I've just got to the point to where I've just forced the fist down on the table. Bam, I smacked the table with my fist. This is how you're going to live. But isn't that my decision? Or didn't God give me the ability to actually make my own decisions? That's terrible. How could I actually confine to something that doesn't work? And by the way, if your belief was so relevant and it created such a sense of safe haven, holy grace, you're seated at the right hand of the Father. You've climbed your stairway. Your crooked ways were turned straight. Why aren't you happy? Why don't you have fulfillment? Why aren't you proclaiming the faith? And I think that as we dilute ourselves, and I say dilute ourselves like we're watered down. I talked about mixing the water and the oil, and I think of the heads, right? I think different. But as we dilute ourselves and we get lost in this theory, in this reasoning, in this concept, it only makes things worse. I reference, and I've got individuals in my life, they've spent their whole lives committed with commitment. And commitment is very valuable in this world. It's one of the aspects that we were given of the option of free will. So it's non-defining. Anytime you go into something and it's defining or it requires acknowledgement from anybody in any way, shape, or form other than God himself, the power of prayer or miracles actually happening within this world. I'm in need of a spouse. God sent me a spouse. She walked up to me. She started talking to me. Before you know it, we were going out for coffee, for dinner. Cool. And it worked. Good example, by the way. But anytime it's an acknowledgement of denying or accepting self or society, we've completely forgot about Christianity and we forgot about God. I find it impossible to be skipping over the existence of God and Christ and the Holy Spirit, but yet over in this institution to where we've attempted to be God, now we need to try to remember him in some way, shape, or form. 
but you forgot all about him. So the denying and the acceptance is no more of us denying or accepting him within our life. They say misery likes company. Well, individuals that turn, that tend to have stern sense of belief and thought and ridicule, they have to have one another. Why? Because it's only about the acknowledgement. Because if they didn't receive acknowledgement from anybody else in the world, and it was only based off of their discipline, their degree, and what they found to be relevant, and it created a sense of sustainment, then nobody would have nothing to complain about. But these argumental type of topics to where it's objective, to where it's, it's, it's lashing, I'm offended. No, I said. It creates the questioning. It creates the doubt. And it allows us to ridicule one another. And... and I was once blind, but now I see. Well, ignorance truly is bliss. Yes, of course, because hallelujah, in some awkward way, shape, or form, and we acknowledge it as we're babies, as we're children, as we got pacifiers in our mouth, and we sit in a classroom and raise our hand, me, please. Can we still acknowledge that he's saving us, that he's redeeming us, that he is the reason why we're alive and we're breathing? My goodness. So as far out as you take it, as much of investment as you have, and, and like treasures in heaven, I'm invested in heaven, very good, eternally, right? And in those thoughts that you have, where's the eternal mindset? I think, I think we get there. I'm not quite sure. But you end up coming back to the cross. You end up washing your own feet. You end up putting your cross on your shoulder and you end up walking with it collectively. And whether you're not socially, physically, intimately, even in a sense of infrastructure, you could say commandments, you could say laws, right? Now think about unconditional, no excuses, blameless, very good consent. You end up bearing your witness to your own inequities and ignorance truly is bliss. You often find at the end of our lives and, and we have a reflective state psychologically that we often hear, I guess you got what you wanted. I guess you got what you asked for. And, and, and I beg to differ. I, and I think different. How many of us, I guess God got what he wanted for you. Good for you. I guess he worked within you in your heart, soul, and mind. And your purest form of testament, the devoted path and walk that you've chosen, was no more than witnessing what he wanted for your life. But is there a difference between what I want and what he wants? God on earth? Or God within? And thought, word, and deed? The actual practicality. I mean, how do you walk? Lord, forgive me. Do you walk laying down or do you walk standing up outright? Forgive me. We created this world to where we need acknowledgement from others. We need to know what's right and what's wrong. And, and, and I think it's a reference to what I said earlier in this talk. When you actively walk out the front door, right, and you've got God in Christ with you and you're the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, you're wearing the shield and the armor of Christ, hallelujah, right, you are redeemed, you are saved. Not in theory, not in concept, just in practicality and actual life. Are those notions of your belief being offered? So I, I, I argue in this mindset, and not argue, but and it, it goes so more, more towards a, a stern sense of, of a needle to the skin, and then you break blood and you see it bleeding out. Something's wrong here. We need to fix this problem. Correct, right? And it's a little bit more aggressive. I apologize. And so that mindset and that mentality, think about what I'm saying. If you walk up into a courthouse and they're forcing some form of infrastructure on you, let's call it infrastructure, let's call it belief, right? Because deep down, it comes down to belief. So whether it's religion or whether it's statues and codes, it still comes down to belief. It works for you because you believe in it. And that's why it works for you. If you didn't believe in it, it wouldn't work for you. Correct. Very good. And, and I think that's a good mindset, right? I think that's the beyond the philosophical notion of grabbing the chin and, and sitting with her, with her hands on her, on her chin and one knee up. I, I think different, right? If that's true, then how could you believe in a religion that doesn't work for you? 
Think about what I'm saying. So I walk up to a courthouse, they force a statue in a code on me, and I'm like, no. I'm like, excuse me, I believe in God. I'm like, so I, I think that God supersedes or, or, or the, the hierarchy, the ranking of this world. God takes this place in fate short, in, in, shape and form. And I think that it's actual spiritual. I actually live this way. So I'm incapable of leading the life that you find to be feasible. It might work for you, but it doesn't work for me. And the same goes for religion. Well, if it's available to you and you're actually capable of living within that belief, but the moment that faith, belief, hope only become in thought and theory and reason, and there is no works, there's no practicality, there's no laboring, the soul, the mind, the intimacy, the, the, the intimacy of the relationship doesn't exist, whether that's maternal, physical, or, or like I said, in that far sketch world of, I seen a falling star. Sure. Like I'm praying to God. I'm going up very good. Then it's irrelevant. So you live the life you believe in or you believe in the life you live because it works for you. It's a practicality of belief. Life without belief does not exist. It, it's not possible. It's really not possible. The undefining octagon of fighting one another, throwing gloves on and seeing who can kick the snot out of one another the fastest in thought and theory is where we've got to a point to where our belief is no longer relevant. Well, it doesn't work for me. I believe in it in thought, theory, and reason. And in fact, I'm, I'm very diplomatic. I'm capable of arguing about it. I can give you my assertion and why it works for me and why it's good for other individuals. But I can tell you immediately, it doesn't work for you. You don't fit within this confinement. And I'm going to start categorizing you and filing you. I think it's the discrepancy. How can it be that it's a utility or accessory to our life? But yet it becomes so demeaning. It possesses us. Like we almost need... We almost need an exorcism. We need to bring it out of us because it's the only thing that we have to talk about and it's the only thing that's leading our life. But the accessory and the utility can't be that it's about somebody else. And how can it be about somebody else? Because it still requires the, the acknowledgement of them. If it's productive, if it's sustaining, if it's well within your needs all the days of my life and it is true and sovereign and submissiveness, right? In every aspect, then you find him. But if you don't find him at the end and you find yourself and you're ridiculed or you're judged or you're grabbing your chin and you're thinking about it, right? And, and, and you don't quite have the acceptance of it. And I get it. We could break it down. What's the interpretation? What version? What demographic? What location? Somebody said there's a denominational preference. What color was that? I can't see. I am blind. Very good. Then how can it be not about him? So we take this to, to, we take this to the furthest extent, one to the moon and back. And of course, with him, his jurisdiction is unlimited. We think about eternity, but we take this to the furthest extent possible, only to find out that we ourselves are still the thorn in the side. We're the ones that have the nail in the hand and the foot. I mean, and it hurts. Did you hear me? I said it hurts. And that could be the ticket. That could be the number that you drew. We had straws out there and they cut them at all multiple different sizes. And you drew your straw and your straw was the shortest. And now that you've got the shortest straw, you've got the longest one to where you're at that deficiency. It is defining, but it's defining within that mindset to where opinion, the opinion of obligation or the resentment of acceptance is the only moral demeanor that you have being capable of encompassing. I'm reminded that we can only have one God, but we take this to a to a mindset, to a frame of state of the mind and the state of the body to where we're actually living within it, to where we're breathing, we're alive and it's God. But yet we're, we're taking, we're taking fame away from him. We're, we're defaming him. We're taking the value away from him and we're making it about us or about somebody else. Do I think that food for talk is excellent for your information? FYI? Absolutely, right? You can be enlightened with very good discussion. 
But if it only obstrues you personally, and it can't define a group as a whole, it needs to define you personally, and does it need to define you? It's whether you accept it or you don't. But doesn't that become practical if it does work for me, it doesn't work for me? So um, when you go to college and they teach you a topic, they give you this textbook level of it, and it's real entry level. They tell you this is black and white, it's biblical, and it's defining. It's even got a descriptive form, it's got definition, <coughs> excuse me, and this is how it works. And that's what's practical within it. But all of a sudden, here becomes the human being. It takes form within life, within flesh. And we're capable of going to the extremes. We are that pendulum on that grandfather clock. We swing way out to the right and way out to the left. And we're capable of experiencing righteous and evil, right and wrong, good and bad within that topic and within the interest. And it doesn't require confinement. Yet life is only made up of the discrepancies, the authoritative notion of your disciplines and your degrees on how you actively, practically walk within that particular topic of interest. And every topic of interest that we have or that we are in with walk in are not in the shade. We're not, not walking within the dark. We're not walking down. We're continuously looking up and it's within the light and it's within him. If I looked in the sand, I seen footprints behind me. Hallelujah. He is still with me in every thought, word, indeed, and every sanction and every action. But the descriptive notion of let's talk about it, let's define it, and we get enlightened, we feel empowered. All of a sudden, I know something more than you know about this particular topic, and it's going to get me further than it's ever gotten you, is no more than a sense of being deluded. Because the thought, the theory, the concept cannot be God, but the simple mind concept, and I call it mental dysplasia. It's like you're, instead of growing and building, it's like you're shrinking 24-7. Ah, help me, right? You know, they got that, they put a little bit of powder on your head and boom. For you know what, you change, you change shape and you change form. And I think that's intellectually and socially. What are you saying? You are what you eat. Well, what's coming out of you? How do you live? How are you talking? How do you think about it and what you see and what you hear? Be pure in thought, word, and deed. Food for talk and general discussion helps us grow in a sense of maturity. But anytime, anytime that food that you're eating doesn't have every condiment, doesn't have the smorgasbord of options and opinions of being light and, and being dark, and it creates a sense of infrastructure to where there's limitations. You know, I, I know you're on a very good diet and you go to the fitness center often. You might want to watch the calorie intake of what you're eating here. Anytime there's a form of restriction, it's defiant. It becomes a God. So limitations are something that we confine in because we believe in them. And when they don't work for us, they're still a God because we believe in the form of God that we've chosen because it works for us. So it goes back down to belief. So 24-7 rhetorically, our belief becomes more and more relevant and apparent to us. We get to a point to where we know what's right for us. We know what we should be doing. We know how we want to live. And in some cases, it's right for him. But now we're not capable of having those options in society. They don't exist. I went online and I'm looking to purchase a little bit of God. Can I get Christ? I want to be forgiven. Oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit within. Now! I'm going to go buy it now. Option click. And I'm going to buy it. And, and, and I want to receive that. And I'm not sure how much money it costs. I'm not sure what the taxation is. I'm thinking along the lines of eternity and true prosperity, right? Generosity and favor. But I need to be redeemed and I want him to receive me so I can receive him. But that's not the mindset that we have. In fact, it's very culturally abrasive to the ethics, to the morale, to the uncertainty, the uncertainty that we possess. And if it can be defined even for a moment and there's an emotional attachment to it to where I can feel enlightened and other individuals feel a sense of oppression, I actually seen a teardrop right then. Very good. Then we're getting somewhere in this world. So let us not be defined in God but let God be defined in us. Very practical.
I got to go, I think, excellent, excellent talk and a very, very good mindset of how we practically can grab our own suitcase of life. If a suitcase is what you throw it in, possibly a robe for others. And in some cases, it's a thought, word, and theory, but I'm seeking that, I'm seeking that eternal image and we can possess this form of life, this gift that we've been given. It's not defiant or defying. Rather, it's life. It's God. Live. Enjoy.